Welcome to our second season of Knowledge Cast. If you're a regular listener, we're glad to have you back. And if you're a first time listener, we hope you enjoy today's podcast and we'll come back next week. We've got a great list of guests this spring and uh, you can read about them by going to uh, jackwwilliams.com and just scroll down to the podcast section. Well, our guest today is Mike Duke. Mike is a 1971 graduate of Georgia Tech in industrial engineering. He became the fourth CEO of Walmart. And while at Walmart, Mike was recognized by the National Academy of Engineering for his leadership and contribution to the design and implementation of innovative and retail technologies. That's a mouthful. Uh, In 2013, Forbes ranked Mike number 10 in their ranking of most powerful people. Prior to going to Walmart, Mike held executive positions at other major retail companies at that time, such as Federated and May. Mike, thank you so much for for joining us today from uh, sunny Florida. Thank you, Jack. It's a great honor to be with you. Well, I've got a long list of questions uh, that I hope to ask you, and I know we won't get to them all, but let's go ahead and get started. I want to go back, uh, way back to your high school days in Georgia. Uh, When you were at Walmart, I read an article on you, and it referenced how much playing football in high school impacted you. Share your thoughts on that. (laughs) It's interesting. Uh, Yes, I actually think uh, high school football did have an impact on me. I guess one thing I learned early on is I wasn't fast or talented enough to pursue that as a career. Uh, So I did end up realizing that I needed to go to Georgia Tech to be a student and to have some other profession. But I I did love sports and football, uh, especially in high school. I think the first thing I learned was just the value of teamwork, where uh, players with different skills and different abilities come together and fit together as a team. And the real importance of how teams work together, how to get the best out of every player so that every player can make a contribution uh, to teamwork. So I I certainly learned that. I think what I loved about football was just uh, passion and desire that that it does make a difference. If you have a real passion for what you're doing and you give it your very best, then uh, you can usually get better results. You know, I I think there's also something that applies to life in general uh, that comes from sports and football, and it's playing by the rules, Uh, having integrity, doing the right thing, doing it the right way. And in football, it's very easy to see when you don't because you get a flag thrown and you get immediately penalized. You know, uh, I think that's usually the way life is too. When you, when you do the wrong thing, you often catch a flag and you end up uh, getting penalized and football teaches you that early on. I think so there were many things I think I learned from, from football. You know, sometimes in business, you don't see that flag when you make, when you make a mistake like that, you don't see that flag immediately, but it'll always shows up sometime in the future. Uh, well, I'm sorry, uh, Mike, but as a man, I have to ask this question. Going back to the Forbes ranking of 10 most powerful people, did you ever flippantly kind of reference that around the house as needed? How'd that work for you? <laughs> Not a chance. I was smart <laughs> enough to never bring that topic home. It's, as a matter of fact, um, after our three kids were off at college, uh, we've been empty nesters now for quite a few years. So there's just two of us in our household. It's my wife, Susan, and I. And as a matter of fact, I rank second in, in that particular <laughs> ranking of power in the household. 
you know, I think oh, when I, that I think when that article came out, I think maybe Susan saw it, and she did said, "Well, that's nice." She said, "But don't forget to tomorrow's trash day, so be sure to get the trash cans out to the street tonight." So there's a way of being humbled, you know, when you bring <laughs> things like that home. That'll do it. I, I'm trying to get up to number two. I've got to beat the dog to get up to number two in our house. Um, well, you've, you know, you spent all your life in leadership. How would you uh, give an overview of your leadership style? Well, it would probably be a better question to ask those that worked with me uh, and get their opinion. But I will tell you what I would hope they would say. And this is certainly what I would be striving for. I think first and most importantly, is a leader that I wanted to be, would be one with integrity. I really wanted to be one that people trusted, that they knew that the right thing would be my priority, uh, that every decision would be based on a foundation of integrity. And that would be the starting point because integrity is the single most important characteristic of a leader. If, if you don't have integrity, it doesn't matter how good a speaker you are, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how innovative you are. If you lack integrity and you're not trusted, then you're not gonna have those other uh, strengths show up very well. So I think first I would be striving to be a leader with integrity. I think second, uh, then the importance of people, back to the teamwork discussion. And I really strive to be a servant leader. I wanted to be one who served others. And that was a style of leadership that uh, some call it the upside down pyramid where those on the front line are the most important. And the leader's role is to provide servanthood or support for people throughout an organization. I would say people, uh, I probably, I have been told that uh, as a leader, I had very high expectations. So I, I was not afraid to set, set stretch goals and being an engineer, I measured results and wanted to uh, to have very high standards and very high expectations. So, you know, like I said, those would be at least a few things that I, I would be striving for. Well, I think there are others that worked with you that would concur that is the way that they would have responded to that question as well. You know, Walmart currently has uh, about 2.2 million employees around the world with communication being so critical in running any kind of business. How did you go about trying to effectively communicate your, your key messaging throughout such a massive organization? That was always a challenge. And, and I never succeeded at it fully and kept working at it uh, every single day because communication in an organization, you know, if you think of, you mentioned the 2 million, 2.2 million associates, we say associates instead of employees, but uh, and we have about 11,000 stores. So it's not just the size of the workforce, but also just the number of distri distribution of facilities around the world requires communication to be done very, very thoroughly. I think the starting point is there has to be absolute consistency through, throughout the organization from the CEO to the senior leadership, to the middle management, to the store manager, to the department manager, to the cashiers, and the uh, associates that are on the front line with customers. So ensuring consistency of values, culture, communication is really, really important. Yeah, I do think the, the store managers and frontline associates, though, 
do want to hear directly from the CEO and they want to hear from, from the executive offices. So we used every tool available, including video, uh, written communication, audio communication. And now I think with the internet and with technology, it actually facilitates communication to be done even, even better. I did back uh, years ago, even when I was running the international business for Walmart, uh, I did a great deal of video conferencing uh, with uh, countries all around the world at variety of times of day. So I've, Jack, I think it just means you really work at it. You use every tool available and you ensure consistency of messaging is, uh, is really, really important. Um, well, you obviously did a very good job. In, in your opinion, what differentiated Walmart from other retailers? What was their secret sauce that made them so unique and created such an amazing story? I have to go back to the founder, Sam Walton, and I think Mr. Sam created something very, very special. And it was a great combination of culture and the business strategy. Uh, because the business strategy without the culture and the values uh, would have been a good business strategy, but it wouldn't have succeeded. The same thing, the culture and the values needed a business strategy too. And Walmart's culture and values that the founder started the company on is I think such a great, great foundation. And I have to tell you, it starts with integrity. It, it asks that everybody every day act with integrity. It is based on respecting every individual. That's why we at Walmart call the employees associates because the critical importance of every single associate that works for the company. It also understands the critical importance of customers. And it also uh, is focused on striving for excellence or having very high expectations. But then the business model itself, you'd say, well, Walmart's a retail store. You know, well, it is a retail store, but it had a business strategy that Sam Walton believed in strongly that is still a foundation of the strategy for the company. And it's about everyday low prices. So Walmart strives to help customers save money by having low prices on a wide variety of merchandise. So I think Walmart's secret was a combination of those. It had to be the culture and values, but combined with a very, very good business strategy. Well, it certainly has worked. Um, you know, every new CEO has a vision for their company when they take over. And you were in a situation where you had a strong company to start with, but what was your vision at the time for Walmart and, and why did you choose that? You know, I, I don't think I spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, my personal uh, vision and thought. I really go back to the founder again. And I, I first, and even when I was named CEO, I watched videos again. I looked at the founder and I really, it's interesting because I never met Sam Walton. He had died in 1992 and I joined the company in 1995, but I read a lot about him. I read his autobiography. I watched hundreds of hours of videos of, of him and Walmart before, while he was still alive. And I think his vision would have been what I would have wanted to occur during my time. And that is, uh, he had a statement that he said the the purpose of the company 
and the vision that he had when he created the company was that he wanted to help people to all over the world, he said, to save money and live a better life. And I said, while I was in that CEO office, we called it Mr. Sam's office. I said, what I really want to do is to go back to the vision that he created, which was to help people all over the world to save money and live a better life. Now, living a better life entails a lot of things and saving money helps people to do that. But it involves how people live. It involves the environment and the world that we live in. And all of that became part of what we considered helping people to live a better life. You know, all organizations are are faced with developing future leaders and some do a better job than others. Uh, when, when you are evaluating talent within, when you were at Walmart, when you were evaluating talent within your organization, what kind of traits or characteristics did you look for in identifying future leaders? Again, the first and most important would be integrity. Is this person trusted? Uh, and that was the starting point. And if there's any breakdown in that area, then it became, um, you know, much more difficult. Uh, so I'd say it started with integrity, but then it it goes back also to the culture and the values of Walmart. Uh, does this person have the right fit in an environment that that is really based on the frontline associates being the most important? Is this person a good servant leader, or could this person be a good servant leader? And I I think those are really, really important. But then, you know, particularly I was in the retail business and, you know, it really, you have to have a passion for the business itself. So back to high school football, to be a good football player, you need some passion for it. To be a good leader in a retail business, you've got to also love the business and have a passion for that business. So those would be the key characteristics that I would look for in uh, developing leaders. I got to ask this too. Uh, I know you have a, um, if I remember correctly, an affinity for nice vehicles, fancy cars. What are you driving now? <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting uh, I, that, that you pick up and have learned some of this about me. Uh, I, I actually currently drive a Tesla. Uh, oh, really? Okay. I love, love the uh, the aspect of speed. It gets off at a stoplight. It gets off the line a little quicker than the other ones. I love the efficiency of not having to go to a gas station or servicing it. And, uh, and you know, and I just like uh, what it stands for. So I've, been, I've really enjoyed the last five or six years. Uh, what are some with, of the other cars? What are some of the other cars that you had? I think I started in my early days and what I drove when I was at Georgia Tech was one of the old muscle cars, was a Chevelle SS396. And then I had a variety of sports cars over the years. Uh, And then uh, I guess, um, you know, a couple of Porsche 911s and a couple of BMW M5s. But uh, I've always enjoyed speed. I guess I like to move fast. And so I don't, I don't, I try not to violate the rules. Back to playing by the rules. I try not to get a flag on the highway, too. (laughs) Mike, uh, it was a real pleasure and and privilege having you join us today and and share your insights. I really wish we 
could spend more time uh, talking today, but unfortunately, we're going to need to wrap up. I hope we can get you back again on a, on a future podcast. Well, thank you again, Jack. It's been an honor. All right, folks, I want to once again encourage each of you to make it your goal this week to be a positive influence in the lives of others. And I look forward to having you back with us next week. Hey, before you go, we wanted to let you know about Jack's book called The Question, a guide to answering life's most important question. In this book, Jack shares his personal journey that began in 1993 to determine the values, principles, and beliefs that would guide his life. Whether you are a spouse, parent, grandparent, friend, leader, educator, coach, or mentor, Jack's I Believe statements apply to all the roles he has played during his lifetime and can do the same for you. Jack's message applies to all people, ages, and careers. It's an easy read with compelling stories, enjoyable humor, and sincere transparency. The question is now available in ebook and paperback exclusively on Amazon. Go to jackwwilliams.com slash the question to learn more and buy your copy today. Again, thanks for joining us for this episode and join us next week for an all new episode of KnowledgeCast by Ideals.